0: What up? College Hoops Coast to Coast. On East Coast today, got my man Charles Thomas. Uh, the Hall of Famer recently inducted uh, <laughs> multiple time Hall of Famer at that. Uh representing Duquesne. They got a big win conference-wise uh, this past weekend. I will take the first one. I said I was gonna pass to Kevin, but let's talk about real quick. Congratulations to the Hall of Fame. You're working with your brother. You both played at Eastern Michigan, both played in the NBA. What was it like being able to get inducted into your alma maters hall of fame?
1: Very surreal, man. I mean, you you don't play for those kind of honors. You're very honored when you get them. Um, you just want to be remembered for what you do and, and how hard you play and the legacy that you may have left at university. And uh, you get inducted to the Hall of Fame, like I said, a very surreal feeling because you don't play that, that would happen. Um, and then after they call. I mean, I guess we came in the womb together. We got to get inducted together. Now we work together. We're doing everything together, just trying to make it happen.
2: Well, let me uh, let me start you there. Uh, I, myself, am a twin. What's it like working with your twin every single day?
1: You know what? It's, it's actually a lot better than I thought it would be. I mean, Carl and I know each other so well that – You know, and you know us being a twin, like you said, like, that's when the fights start, right? That's when you bicker (laughs) about little things because you want to get your point across and this and that. And honestly, that really hasn't happened. You know, we're going on year five, working together, and it's been really enjoyable. A lot better than I thought it was going to be. We play off each other really well. We may have only been in maybe two or three disagreements in the last, you know, five years of working together. So I've learned some things about him, about how he goes about his business and how he works. That was really impressive, and I think he learned some things like that about me. Cause you always have your perceptions about what your, you know, what your sibling is doing in their job. And I'm just really impressed how thorough, you know, my brother is, and how, how diligent he is with the work. And I knew his knowledge was good because we got taught by my father, you know, out of the womb, man. So I knew his knowledge was gonna be good because I feel like mine is good. But the way he goes about his business, man, it was it was it was really good to see. Really good to see.
2: Do you ever get on the court and hoop against him now? The competitiveness that's still there
1: no <laughs> no i'm a little bit better i'm a little bit better safe than my brother is right now and he's gonna watch this he's gonna be mad about me saying that but uh we don't we don't do that um but we will get out and shoot he's probably one of the best shooters i've ever ever played with or against um and i play we both play in the nba so that's saying a lot but my brother that was his forte he's phenomenal shooter so i beat him a few times but like he still. Like, he still gets the best of me. That's one thing he really does. But I still love to shoot the ball, so I'll take some losses against him. It's okay. I
2: love it. I love it. Well, uh, let, let's pivot to your team this year. You guys had a huge win this weekend against UMass coming off a of COVID pause. And, you know, the thing that really jumped out was the play of your two freshman guards. Talk about what they've brought to the table and what that win meant to you guys early in a 10 play.
1: Man, first of all, I'll go to the win. The win means everything. You always want to get started off – you know, really, really successful in a successful way. And to go on the road after having pretty much three weeks off of not playing, to beat a tough UMass team at home, a place that Duquesne hasn't even won since 2011. um, Just amazing feeling getting back on that, you know, that charter flight heading back home. But the the fact that we had our, you know, our two freshman guards score 48 of our 78. I mean, that means look out for a lot of people, right? Because no one's expecting that. But those guys played really, really well, but I mean, they played in some big games at their prep schools. So they're never afraid of the moment. They're just basketball players. And it doesn't matter if they're playing against seniors or juniors or freshmen or sophomores, they just go out and play. And they're really good isolation players, which towards the end, Coach Dan brought, we really won a lot of sets. And at that point, we just try to find a mismatch and let those guys do their thing. And for that particular game, it worked for us, man. And I that wasn't even their best, I expect, you know, Maybe not 27 from Jackie every night or 21 for Primo every night, but I expect that kind of play from them every night from both ends of the floor. And I think as freshmen, their first eight-10 game, they did really well.
0: Yeah. I and mean, they made all their
1: free throws too, Kevin. Nine for nine from the free throw line for those two. And the efficiency Jackie was 10 for 14, just got named rookie of the week this week. So I mean, just the, the efficiency and the work that they put in, you know, every single day, it just paid off that first game.
2: I love it. I love it. Um the Challenges of being freshmen, you know, relying on freshmen this year. You know, so many teams are portal heavy. They went out and they loaded up with, with transfers. And you guys are, are really relying on those two young guards to, you know, kind of go through the growing pains. What's been the process with them of the ups and downs of their first season of college basketball?
1: Just pushing them every day in practice. Um, not accepting mistakes when they make something, when they do something wrong, because we know how important getting to the next play is going to be. But they can't make those freshman mistakes, right? And now, because they played too many minutes for it. But I also think guys like Tyson, they do have that's been through college basketball already. I think that's helped them as well.
2: Um, from the Standpoint of Coach Dan You know he's a guy who's just one of the most accomplished coaches and one of the biggest winners I think in college basketball, and is and now winning at a at a place in Duquesne that has not won, quite frankly, in, in the past. What's one or two things in particular that you've been able to learn from him and work for? Him?
1: Um, just astute to detail, man. Like not letting anything slide. Just being on it. Um. And I think that's very important, especially when you have young guys. But also just being being a good relationship guy, like really diving into your players, especially when you have a bunch of young players like we have right now, just diving into them and being good, and being there for them for whatever their needs are and letting them know that we're there for them at all times. And I think if you have a great relationship off the court, it definitely transcends to the court. And and that's kind of why he's been – he only has almost 500 wins in his career. and I think that's kind of why he's done it. You know, he's, he's, he's with, our, with our staff, um, but he doesn't let anything slide, not even with our staff members. When it comes to recruiting or coaching, like, he's on everything, and he holds everybody to a high standard. And I think when you do that, it equates to success, which he's been successful his whole career.
2: Talk about the Atlantic 10. I mean, it's just such a, a balanced league, I feel like, year in, year out. You know, I've, every time I get the opportunity to watch it, yeah, I feel like it's a privilege with the, the level of coaching and the talent. Um Talk about coaching that league and the challenges it presents every single day.
1: Man, there's some really, really, really strong coaches in this league. And it's, I can go down through all 14 of them, including, you with know, 14 being a guy where for, Keith Danbrock. So I'm just saying the whole league, great coaches. They know their stuff. I mean, Bob McKillop, I guess, is the outlier. Almost 700 wins in his career. I mean, he's been a pillar there at Davidson. But all these coaches are really good. You got to bring it every night. Even the young coaches coming in the league, like we play forward and Mikhail Neptune, they got off to a really good start. My guy over at George Mason, Kim English, they got off to a really good start. So even the newer coaches coming in this league, they know what they're doing, they have really good assistant coaches, you know, working for working with them. So you gotta bring your hard hat every night just from a coaching standpoint to try to strategize on how to beat that guy you're going against because you think they have you have their tendencies and then they throw something a new wrinkle like, like I didn't know that was going to happen and it's just more of no secret It's more of a guard oriented league and you don't have a day off at all like you got to bring it every night you got to sit down and check every night and if you don't you're going to get blown out so it's just the a10 is like everything i thought it would be it's a really tough guard league it's coached really well it's really respected and now that i've been here going on year five i understand exactly why
0: coach talk about um you know you talked about you and your brother working together obviously playing at the highest level, how does that help you guys in recruiting? And then obviously Coach Dan Bros coached, you know, arguably the greatest player in the world right now. How does all that, your playing experience, his coaching experience, because guys want to hear about that next level, how does that factor into you guys recruiting now? And then how do you use that to put these guys under your wing and kind of explain to them the next level to help them be successful at the college level?
1: I mean, just that, because uh, what you said, I mean, we've all been there. We've all done it. Um, Anything our our players get now that we have currently, you know, I've been a division one player. I was an all-state basketball player in high school. Um, I went to the NBA. I played in Europe. So I played over in Australia as well as Europe. So any place these guys want to touch, I've touched it. And I try to draw on that anytime I can. And the same with Coach Dan Brock. When you coach LeBron James, you use that to your advantage. You, you speak on that all the time because if I can coach the best player arguably in the world at so at one point, whether he is right now or not, even though he's playing like it again, um, I'm going to coach you the same way and hold you to the same standard. Um, so we use LeBron. We use the LeBron example a lot. Coach Danbrott loves using that a lot. But coaches coach four guys that play in the NBA. LeBron, myself, my twin brother, and Grant Long, who played 15 years in the NBA. So he draws on that experience of coaching us and he talks to guys about you know, and we have numerous guys from Akron and, and, and from Duquesne that's played over in Europe. So he just draws on those experiences. Sometimes those guys will come back to watch us practice and visit, maybe not as much during this COVID era, but used to come back and visit and, and talk to the guys and coach would have them say a couple words to them. And I think that goes just just to part of the relationship I was t- talking to Kevin about, like, the guys come back. They may not like the way they've been coached and how hard they got coached, but they definitely, when they get over, overseas or in the NBA and they collecting that check and they continue to collect that check. They understand why we pushed them so hard and why coach Brown pushed them so hard. So they come back and talk to our guys. And I think it's really helpful because it's easy for us to say it, but if the guys that went through it, they come back to the program to talk to the guys about it. I think it resonates a little more because those guys look fresher with them. They just went through it. Um, And as far as me and my brother, we just draw on all our experience from playing overseas. And like I said, all the levels we played, and every scenario that our guys have been in honestly like my brother and i one of us has been through the same thing whether it's not really playing right now which i did as a freshman i didn't play as much as a freshman so we have a young guy not playing as much i talked to him how i stuck with it and i ended up starting for the last three years and now i'm in the hall of fame at eastern michigan so no matter what these guys are going through we always have a story always have a scenario and i think it resonates with the guys it gets them to relax get, them to get grounded. And continue to grind and, and work for a good goal, which is to win championships, graduate, obviously, and then try to play for some money when it's all said and done.
0: You're muted, B. I didn't, I didn't want to get in the way, man. I know Charles is good in isolation, so I want to make sure I'm out of the way. Uh, <laughs> you talked about your guard being good in isolation. You didn't say that about you, but I can say that. Um, talk Appreciate about that. Th- this year. I know it's a crazy one, kind of part two of last year. You guys have already kind of been through some COVID stuff. Uh, what is it like coaching this time? How do you guys keep your guys focused during all this?
1: Man, it just, you keep talking about the grind. And no matter what it is, nothing's ever easy, especially if you want to win a championship, especially if you want to win successful. So we just got to keep plugging away. I mean, if they cancel a the game or postpone a game, we have extra practice time. It's just extra time to get better. Right. Uh, when the games do come up, you got to make sure we're focusing on what we can start. And not letting the practice time go to waste. Just putting what we did in practice, make that work in the game, which is what we did in the Fordham game, I think the last 30 minutes of the game. Um, and just let them know, like, it's their unprecedented times. But you always have to be ready. What's the phrase? If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, right? So, like, that's kind of what we preach to our guys, you know? And Coach Dan brought one thing about him, anybody that knows him, he respects work because he works. So right. if he works, he expects you to work. So that's what we preach to our guys all the time, man. And they don't like it all the time. You know young guys. Both of you guys know young guys. They don't like to hear that. Um, and I know when you coach beat, I know your guys probably do not like to hear that. But no, no. when you're successful, though, and they and they kind of reach a goal that, that we're kind of setting forth and they see some of that success happening, then the buy-in is even easier. Um, and the success comes even faster. So we just keep talking about the grind. No matter what you're doing, it's going to be a grind. COVID's an issue. We may play, we may not sometimes. That's another grind you got to get through, but you got to continue to work. And we just try to instill that in our guys, continue to work no matter what.
0: All right, Kevin's going to close us out. Twin to twin, I let him close out the final question. Like We, we always ask for a, for
2: a funny story at the end. I think it's only fitting given the amount of time you've, you've spent with your twin brother in, in your career, whether it's playing or coaching, that we get a good uh, twin brother story to, to wrap up the show.
1: He's not going to like it, man. What the- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the best story for me is – and, Kevin, I told you about Carl being a phenomenal shooter, and that's what he did. I mean, he's, he's held like – it's the G League now, but back when it was the CBA, he set a three-point record. The next year, he broke it. Yeah. Um, he had the three-point record, you know, of threes in a game until somebody from our high school, Desmond Ferguson, Mr. Moneyball himself, he actually broke my brother's record. So, that's what he does. So, the story is we're playing one-on-one in the backyard. And uh this How is my old mom a lot. How old are
0: you? We're, we're, we're,
1: we're, like, we're like 17, 18, okay. like right we got ready right with college, maybe 19, right And we we're in college at Eastern Michigan. And we weren't supposed to be playing because my mother banned us from playing one-on-one when we were 15 years old, because it always turned into a fight. But we're playing. And Carl makes the first, I make the first basket. I'm up one-nothing. I like to talk, as you guys can tell. So I start chirping a little bit after basket one. Then Carl makes his, you know, he makes a jumper on me. And I'm like, dang, all right, it's going to be one of those games again. And I proceed to make 10 jumpers in a row and beat him 11 to one. And as (laughs) I'm making a jumper, every time I'm making one, I'm like, this is what you do, and I'm beating you at your best thing that you do. You can't even stop my jump shot. I'm beating you at what you're good at. So how are you going to beat me today? And uh, Carl will say, well, I used to beat you more one-on-ones, but you never beat me 11 to one. And he never beat me on all jump shots. Like I made ten straight jump shots, and I was a slasher at first when I played. It turn into a shooter. So for me, it's a funny story. For me, and I see you guys <laughs> laughing. Carl hates my stories. <laughs> so
0: he got the 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 quantity. You got the quality. It sounds like he got
1: the. He's not listening right now. He's got the quantity for sure. I want you to edit that out, guys. <laughs> yeah, but 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 I definitely I definitely got the best in that one day. So, I'll never let it forget that. You beat me maybe more, but you ain't never beat me 11-1. All the, what, jumpers, by the way.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Do you, do you play any uh, – do you do any shooting games with your players? Do you talk any trash to them?
1: They they can't beat me. <laughs> they can't beat me. And I tell them all the time, like, you work on your game. I don't even work on my game, and you still can't beat me. Like, there's, <laughs> there's an issue. I still got 10 minutes left of the game or something. Coach needs to put me in or something. I don't know. But – I think it helps the guys and it goes to like relationships I was talking to Kevin about. I love doing that, and Coach Danbro didn't like me doing it at first because he wanted me to forget about being a player and concentrate on coaching. But now that he sees how the guys kind of relate to me and my brother and our staff, just from the keeping it light by shooting against them. Coach Danbro loves it. So now anytime somebody, you know, wants to talk, he said, Well, go shoot against Charles. And then Carl yeah. always says, Carl always says you're shooting against the JV. Let me know when you want the varsity. So <laughs> he, he still rags me all the time. I got the victory on him, guys.
0: I love it. I Definitely. love it. But I, I appreciate
1: you. It. I appreciate you guys having me on. I mean, I watch all you guys, all that stuff, man. And you guys are doing great things. And I just are blessed and appreciate you guys having me on. And hopefully, everybody out there watching, you know, you guys look at Duquesne men's basketball. You know, we're up-and-coming team. We got some young guys that can do some things. But – we're fun to watch and we're we're gonna be a tough out this year. And we're and we ain't going anywhere. We're gonna be around for Lawns Coach, Dan Bros coaching and, and beyond, man. So come watch Duquesne and turn tune in to us. You won't be disappointed.
2: Right. I love it.
0: No doubt, CT. Well appreciate you, man. Congrats on the great start. Keep the boys rolling and uh yeah, keep keep giving them the lessons. Hopefully you are them some lessons, teach them the way a little bit, give them a little something.
1: I teach him a little bit about giving everything. B, I may start losing, so I'm gonna give him everything I got to, but I'm gonna keep some bags in my trick. Tricks in my bag for sure. I love it.
0: I love it. All right, CT, thanks, man. <laughs> All
1: right, guys, I appreciate you guys. Keep doing good things, man.
0: All right, we got Charles there from Duquesne. We always let our boy Sweeney, the other twin. My wife's a twin. I didn't. I don't think I knew Sweeney was a twin. I know he had a sibling. it was a twin. Oh yeah. I got a twin. He's a, he's
2: a, a great younger than me. Uh, he's, a, he's a senior. He's actually, uh, right now celebrating. Cause he's a, uh, he's the head manager for Siena's women's basketball team. They just got their, uh, nice. their first win of the year. And man, like it was a comeback victory. I was watching the game and watching his celebrations on the bench was just like, pure comedy, <laughs> like unbelievable it. stuff. So the twin connection special, man. I love it. And, uh, coach Thomas did a great job, Duquesne. And I think, uh, like they're a younger group. Like I said earlier, it's not a lot of teams that are rel- this reliant on two ba- freshman guards. And those kids, you know, Jackie Johnson, Primo Spears, remember those names because those kids are going to be special in the Atlantic time.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Well, appreciate it again. We will see you guys next week. Look forward to it. To Coach Thomas and Duquesne, good luck the rest of the way, and we'll see you guys.
1: Thank you for joining us and welcome to the All Access Network. Be sure to follow, share, and stay connected with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to write your story, leave your mark, and create
2: your legacy.